0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.
1: This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you
0: are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live.
1: It's time to talk. On and let's get it Talk time live. Anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it Talk time live. Anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it Talk time live.
0: and gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah back from a very great event and i mean it's like honestly a a tremendous event i will talk about that in our next segment on what's new in the world of acmg i'll talk about the my, my feelings about what I've been through with New York Comic Con and all that stuff. My first time at New York Comic Con, we, I, you know, I never got a chance to talk about the season finale episode of What If, so we'll be talking about that as well. And on our talk topic, uh, we'll be covering everything that has happened in the four hour presentation that was dc fandom we're going to run down all that stuff and i'll get my thoughts along the way with that but uh yeah i don't want to waste any time on this portion of the segment because we got a lot to talk about now i mean a lot so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg
1: and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg
0: can't believe we are in our 292nd episode of this of the prime show gotta remember that because you know we're getting there to our 300 episode i gotta do something really special with that one and to those who realizes that like there's over like there's at least about 400 episodes in our library i didn't upload when i switched providers i didn't upload all of the episodes there and it was like some of them were just you know we could just throw them away and just start from scratch of our new providers, but I kept the original first episode at best, you know, always to remind me of when I started and where I'm at now. So, at least kept that one, but some of them were just fillers, and I kept all the interviews that we've ever done, so those are still available as well. But we are reaching our 300th episode of the Prime Show, and uh, it's been awesome. It's been, and believe it or not, we've I've actually done like five shows for this for talk time live like there were a lot of talk time live extras now it's just only the video game podcast select start but there was a lot we covered a lot because i had a more more co-host than one but you know times change and you know they didn't make it all the way through so you know i left i wanted to at least keep the video game portion of it because i'm a gamer so but um nonetheless man let's get down to it i am back From possibly one of the best times I've had in a long probably not probably not since 2019 with Keystone Comic-Con. But in this case, because of the depth of this event, I feel like I felt the same way coming out of New York Comic-Con the same way I did coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, which is very telling and it says a lot because you know this is during the pandemic, and there are a lot of things that you know are devoided of the total experience I mean like we had restrictions um there's the mandates and some people you know didn't want to go because they needed proof of vaccinations and all this stuff and I you know I was a bit worried about that as as you know how many people would just say screw it and not go as opposed to those who would look I'm telling y'all now I'm sorry it's hard to tell the vocal minority of people who didn't want to go and do their own protests, but there was a lot of people this event and i mean a lot and it may still not be as much as before because you gotta remember not just the people who didn't want to you know be vaccinated to attend but you also had the you know this event was attended by people from around the world that would come come to america come to new york like they do with san diego comic con it wasn't just people in our country that were coming to this thing it was people from around the world that were coming to these things and we don't not every country is able to travel, you know, to this to the country anymore. So I'm sure that had an effect of it as well. But and people forget about that too. It's like it's not just people in the United States, it's people in other, you know, um countries as well that would add on to the numbers here. So despite all that, there were still thousands of people in this event. It packed a lot. Um and I'm sure, you know, things get better we we become, we get better And it looks like judging by the statistics of things people are getting more vaccinated especially in new york um due to certain mandates and everything uh it seems it, it, there's a possibility things can be back in order within the next year hopefully cross fingers and we could be back in order and it this is a great thing Because in order to be in this event, you had to show proof of vaccination and you had you were given a green wristband, you know, that showed that you were vaccinated and you won't have to keep showing it up as you're at the event and everything as such. So um, credit to Repop for creating such a great structure of doing that. And I thought that it really helped you know, progressed the whole entire situation and made a lot of people feel safe knowing that everybody is, had the green wristband and everybody was, you know, indicated that they were vaccinated or whatnot. There were a lot of green wristbands and that was comforting to me. We were in the uh, the main stage hall, 5,000 people in that hall, you know, for the My Hero Academia World's Heroes uh, panel, 5,000 people in this, new, in this brand new hall. This is like their hall H in here. And it packed the entire, entire uh, stage, 5,000 people, all vaccinated, AEW panel, a few hundred people in here too, all vaccinated. You know, very comforting, very, very comforting to be in that environment and knowing that people really care enough to get that done in order to, you know, enjoy everything that we enjoyed here. So. Not only kudos to Repop for putting that structure together, kudos to every single person who attended the event and did what they needed to do and had to do in order for themselves and for those around them. That's pretty much the way we should be thinking and feeling right now. So I I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, Now, honestly, my first time at New York comic-con was sensational. I, I, and I say that in a sense, not just because of what happened inside the con, but everything that happened is outside. Um, if you listen to the select start video game podcast, I made mention of some few things that I did outside of the event as well. Like the entire, the entire weekend from Thursday on to Sunday could not have been planned better everything i wanted to happen happened and more now not, I, not, I, w- I would say not everything like there were some things there were some panels i wanted to go s- to that i couldn't because it was on like it, it just fell off the wrong day um but that's not a big deal like they had uh the Supergirl panel that i wanted to see there was another panel on, on thursday that i wanted to see but we didn't get to the, the hotel until like later that day but it was it was not the, not a you know the end of the world type of situation um i did go see the my hero academia panel i did go see the um the aew panel those weren't those two were the ones i was most anticipating anything uh i did want to see the ghostbuster panel but to do that i had to go back in the line and all the stuff and you know, go out. It wasn't like Hall H where like once you're in, you're in for the entire time. No, you gotta go out, get back in line, and start it all over again. And which was the only sad part about that is that I ended up having to miss out on that. And they premiered the they showed an entire screening of Ghostbusters there. Now the funny thing about this is I had inside scoops on this. Um a friend who is actually in the movie gave me a hint that they were gonna do this and on the actual on the, on the panel it didn't say that they were going to show it but it, it it winded up being some sort of a surprise situation so that situation ended up falling out and i never got to see it but it was i mean but nonetheless it was awesome that they you know the directors um the Reitman brothers actually did that for them and then people got to see the movie hopefully that movie is great I'm gonna see it again then when I see the movie I will have a that's that same guest on the show to talk about her experience uh in the film because she it was it was um said that she is in a movie and you know nonetheless it was uh it, it it'll be awesome so she'll be back on the show uh be it like the second time she'd be on the show and we'll talk about that in much, much more from that note. But the great news is is it was very successful, um, nonetheless. And I got to do stuff outside with the Nintendo uh, New York stuff. I got to go to the Lego store again and did a lot. of. My wife and I just did a, a, a ton of fun things. You know, unlike San Diego Comic-Con, we actually got a chance to go outside of the con to enjoy some other things that we couldn't do because San Diego comic-con it's like the whole entire center city is locked and we don't really, you know, to go anywhere. You had to go out like far outside. Whereas New York is like, everything is within a block radius or something like that, or just like a Uber ride away or such. Uh, again, I will stress my disdain for the New York driving system. (laughs) Their, Their traffic is. Horrendous! it is I, I i can't speak lowly enough about the drive it in new york sorry guys but just like i said in um select start i wrote three blogs this week uh, regarding everything that went down in detail plus some video footage of what we did there as well um the, the exhibits there was awesome they the one the, one of the biggest uh showrooms showcase displays was in fact the Dragon Ball Z and Super showroom. Which when you go in immediately. You see this giant. Giant. Gigantic. Statue. Of. Vegeta. In ape form. It is. A sight to behold. It it, it literally. They made it. They scaled it to the size that he possibly would be. If you know he actually grew. It was ginormous. And there i have pictures of me standing on you know damn near under it and it was it was it was unbelievable it was unbelievable um in the actual you know deal there was also life-size uh you know life-size figures of the z warriors vegeta piccolo krillin trunks um goku yamcha uh was uh young gohan and uh TN and um Chao Su in there. They also had uh, a really awesome display of Ultra Instinct Goku and Jiren, which is awesome. Like again, if you want to see all this, you could go into talktime and in the blog section. It's all there. They also have the figures, the, the band um the band Presto figures, which I again, if you want statue uh figures of your favorite anime, you know, characters. Bandai not Bandai Namco um Band Presto is the best out there and they had a whole entire Banpresto display there um they actually have a ultra Instinct Goku that I actually ordered and it should be here soon and it ended um before the end of the uh month that I ordered and it has it it's made to look like a 2D version of them, like it has all these shadings and, and, and everything. It, it's awesome, it looks exactly like them. It looks beautiful, painted very well. And I'm replacing that with the crappy Bandai version I that I have. I, I was not a fan of that one, but I'm gonna be uh trading that off and probably get, getting rid of that. They also had um Cooler, they had Golden Frieza, they had uh Vegeta, which was like the uh, the Super Saiyan God version, and Gogeta in there as well. They also had a uh, Season 1 Dragon Ball Z Goku on air with Kaioken uh, mode, which is very well painted. I like the red, you know, the red tint that they have on them. Very well detailed. They also had a panel for Dragon Ball Super as well, promoting the upcoming movie that they're working on. And that was the one that I actually missed too. That was on a Thursday. It was the crazy part about this. Was that... And I think this was the misconception of me. Because of my experience with San Diego Comic-Con. And I should have known. That I shouldn't compare what San Diego Comic-Con International does. As opposed to what Repop does. And that was my mistake. Lesson learned. But apparently, on Thursday... Now, when I go to San Diego Comic-Con on Thursday. Thursday is like their premiere night. So, it's just some light stuff. They don't really... Like we, I remember booking uh, to, to come to pre, um, preview night because I was told that, you know, there's a lot, there's some things that go on that night. So we booked an extra day in a hotel and a flight early to get there so we could meet. And then come to find out, it was like, we could just came on Friday. <laughs> okay. It was really nothing to it. So I'm thinking the same thing is going to happen with, you know, NYCC. Nah. They had some really big major panels on day one, and the Dragon Ball one was one of them. We come in and we see a bunch of people with these special edition, um, you know, swag bags that was for Dragon Ball uh, Super. They were only given away at that event. So I lost out on that, and I was like, damn, that sucks. And then on top of that, they, you know, premiered the trailer, the official trailer to Dragon Ball Super, um, Super Heroes is what it's called, and it looks absolutely awesome. So when you go into the good thing is when you go into the actual showcase room after they pre- presented that that it shows on there as well but yeah i am ready for this new dragon ball uh, movie it looks awesome it looks really awesome it looks yeah it was said to be taking place like a few years after the events of the z series i i think before also all of the i i think before all the events that happened leading to the tournament of power 2 not really sure but I'm excited about that, and that was that was pretty awesome. Um, so the only panels I did make it to was the My Hero Academia panel, which I'm glad I did because we got to see the first, I think, like, damn near 10 to 15 minutes of the movie that they, uh, they allow us to do. And even further, I'm thinking this is, like, the only time I would be able to see this movie because normally when it goes into theaters, or select theaters, I should say, it is usually not the theater in my local area. I have a theater two blocks away from me uh, that I could walk up to and just go. I've learned recently. That our Cinemark is actually playing the movie, and I will be able to get to see the movie on the 29th, which is also the same day I'm going into the Martin Lawrence comedy uh, show as well. So I like I'm i this is going to be a lot going on a I cannot wait. So i am going to see that movie which means i will be reviewing that the week of so stay tuned for that i I, that's going to be awesome but we got a chance to see the first few minutes of it it looks awesome there's going to be the uh the 1a team is going to go up against this new organization called hummerize and they're um looking at checking uh looking to work on something uh called the quirk doomsday theory or whatnot and you know, that's pretty much all I can say on that note. Um, but it's leading to some really epic things that is going to affect everybody who has a quirk in this case, too. So uh, it was great. It was great. Now, noticeably, there was not the the cast of uh, the core cast was not there, which I, I thought was very surprising. Um, of course, I don't know what led to that. I don't know if it was. Be- I, I don't know why I know i had the pleasure and opportunity of you know doing a virtual panel with the core cast earlier this year and i don't know if that was like them saying all right they already we already did that one so let's get the co-cast you know the other people and, and writers or and whatnot up on stage to do this um and this was funimation's uh decision too like funimation a lot of the panels that was done wasn't in control by repop it was like repop let them do however they wanted to do and funimation pretty much kind of they ran the ball for this event it seems like because there was a there was a lot of funimation everything in this and that and that is that says a lot for a lot of reasons in a sense that and i can't speak you know i can't speak and say that it was what it was but significantly There was a lot of funimation there and because i'm thinking it's most likely because it was the lack of marvel and dc for this event as well because as we all know marvel is not working with any of these companies not san diego and uh comic-con international nor repop they've gone on to do their own thing as disney uh, presents the d23 event which is like the big event for those who are marvel fans or disney fans in general so they you know migrated over to their own format and then dc has now doing their dc fandom so they're not participating and to me honestly i think it sucks when they did it. this is the same thing that happened with e3 where sony is leaving to do their own thing and it, it it sucks because it's for fans for for fans it really sucks because it's it's way it's it's uh wearing out the situation thinly in a sense like everybody's doing their own thing and you got to follow everything whereas like we had everything in one pot at one point like san diego comic-con new york comic-con was the places that we went to to get our fix of everything from anime comics movies and games and now with everybody separating it's not as fun as a for a fan as much as it used to now granted like i said i enjoyed myself but to have the the uh presence of a marvel and a dc in full effect at these events it really creates the full fandom experience that we once had and i I just think it's it's it almost feels kind of selfish of the companies like dc and marvel to do and i get that they want to do their own thing i get they want to make their own money they don't want to have to you know i'm sure there's a a cost effective thing that goes along with it but it's just it made the events feel so much better because every year you had to look something to look forward to to see what DC was gonna do in accordance to what Marvel was gonna do at this event and who was the best at show at this event. Same with Sony at E3, what was Sony gonna do in accordance to what Nintendo was gonna to do to accordance what Microsoft was gonna do. It all played a factor. I mean, we still get that in a sense, but not nearly as epic as what it was. So. May, we'll see how this goes in the years ahead, but I just I have really 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 wish that they would go back to that format. I mean, it was not for nothing. We did still get some of the actual you know sense of comic book uh, feelings, and every you know Rob Liefeld was there too. That was the other thing. Rob Liefeld was another panel I wanted to go see because I got a chance to go see you know uh, Jim Lee's panels. And rob lightfield was there and i actually got a chance to take uh, a really cool pic of rob who was really willing and and just he just felt like he was having the time of his life um at this event and you know it was all it was pretty awesome and um to see him there and to see all the people and, and i'll tell you this to all those lightfield uh trolls out there <laughs> i hate to tell you this like y'all think that everybody think lifeville sucks because he he did not a big feat or that whole thing first of all i i admittedly of course it i hate to say that i admit this because it was obvious this man was famous when he came out with x-force and when he did the new mutants people loved his work despite how overly exaggerated certain things aspects were that's his art that is art in general art doesn't have to conform to your ways art just has to be art in in hindsight is just a significance of how the artist express himself and i think people don't don't understand that and don't realize that and that's his art some things weren't perfect yes some things were overly exaggerated yes but that's kind of what makes him human at the same time but with that said you would think that this you know according to the internet of course and the trolls on the internet that this dude would not be beloved or whatever no nah, dude i'm sorry there were lines there were very long lines of people waiting to get autographed stuff from rob lightville and again there are pictures do i have pictures of that i think i have pictures of that no i in in the blog for the new york comic-con review i do have video uh in my video um feature in the blog you could see him signing autographs and stuff in there so you could see that in there as well but people they loved him they absolutely loved him on air so but you know he was a panel that i ended up not going to see because it conf- it was a conflict for that for aew and i just you know i had to see aew <laughs> to. despite the fact that i actually already went to aew dynamite last week in philly at the Leacor Center, uh, watching, you know, a live taping of, you know, of, of dynamite there and in, in rampage, which by the way, I had some phenomenal seats. I was in the Moxley section and the mox picked section is like what I call is the section where whenever John Moxley is wrestling, he's going to come out, not from the actual, um, stage he's coming out into the crowd. And we were at the actual section. I got actual video footage of that of where I was and how close I was to that situation. And it was wild, it was, I need to, if I go to, um, dynamite again, I need to try to get that same seat area. Cause that those seats were awesome. And if you, if I, I if I can get my hands on the HD version of that, guy, of that episode, I can find me in there, you know, in there wearing a CM Punk shirt and all this stuff. So, you know. You know, after the you think I'll be done with that, but no, I wanted to see the panel as well. And that panel was tremendous. Um, like I said, hundreds of people are there, and we were waiting in this long line, and we're looking back, and there are just like hundreds and hundreds of people, and people this is my wife's first. My wife is not a wrestling fan, but she tolerates it in my fandom for it every week when I watch it but now she's in the abyss of wrestling fans of actual wrestling fans um this was kind of the equivalent culture shock when she first went into a black church because she went she normally goes into a presbyterian church where they don't have ovations they don't shout out they don't clap or anything and there's no nurses to which that was one of the first questions she had when we went to a black church and she was like why are there nurses in the corners of these and i'm like oh you're gonna learn a lot today <laughs> have you heard of the holy ghost so so yeah um uh, it was one of those things and you know there was a lot of you know excited wrestling fans out there and every time somebody walks by and they say adam cole, shout out adam cole and all these people are just saying baby bay and stuff like that so you can only imagine i told my wife you got to be prepared for this because when the actual person that they're saying is coming out, it's going to be louder. And in fact, it was And it, Again, if you watch the uh, video, uh, featurette in my, in the blog, the first scene that you see in there is in fact, Adam Cole coming out, doing his thing and the crowd just going, just roaring out there, man. So it was awesome. Tony, uh, Shivani, one of my all time favorite commentators, Uh, hosted and moderated this event again much like funimation they actually were the ones who you know oversaw their entire outfit and and stuff so you know it was awesome uh uh, tony shivani who also has a new comic book out as well called butts and seats which i'm trying to find my way to getting the digital version it looks like it's on hard copy hard cover right now but um I'm i'm really looking forward to this so uh thunder rosa was a part of this panel orange cassidy we got darby allen as well and adam cole all were here to talk uh, about their experiences with aew and ask questions from the fans and they they were so entertaining um in their own way everybody there what i loved about it was everybody was a different personality um adam cole was just beloved by everybody and he you know there's two versions of adam cole there's the hill version of character adam cole And there's the lovable Adam Cole outside of the when the cameras are off, who is, you know, part of the Twitch community. He's a gamer for life, and he has his own audience for that as well. So he has he masters the art of switching channels. He will go from Twitch Adam Cole to Wrestling Hill Adam Cole in a split second. And it's hilarious. Um, Then you got Orange Cassidy, who is just like basically He's playing that role every single time he's just so laid back dude that he doesn't he just has no time to put any energy into anything and it's almost like a comedy routine in its own right and he plays off of everybody from tony to the uh to the wrestlers on the panel to everybody who's answering questions and stuff like out there it's just he, he's such a master what he does darby allen too he you know he plays it on beat of his drum and thunder rosa was just she was so much more of a fan of not only just the experience but being up there because she explained how she was an attendee of new york comic con and to see to now be in a panel on such like that and i thought that was cool and representing her latino community and all the stuff it was awesome i i love hearing stuff like that and um it was it was worth it the panel was awesome and my wife actually enjoyed it too because she you know she liked to see this side of the wrestling talent all she sees is them, them performing and you know doing some craziness in the ring but now she gets to see them in their personal light and it was pretty awesome so um like i said all the venues and displays in there it was just been awesome too like the some of the some of the um things that i got to see that I got to see in Keystone Comic Con here in Philly when they did that here, like Chocolate Fusion. Listen to that name, people. If you're in the United States, look this up. Chocolate Fusion is a place a it's a, it's pretty much like a um, place that makes fudge and other type of delectable uh, edibles and stuff like that. Not and when I say edibles, I'm not saying like uh, weed laced edibles. It actually is just normal edibles of you know candy and and fudge and chocolates and stuff like that but they made all these special you know versions like these captain uh, captain america hawk fudge black panther which are like different flavors of like blueberry raspberry mint chocolate you know chocolate mousse uh or it was the black panther one was a new one it's double chocolate cheesecake flavor um the superman one was a strawberry and something is a mixture or anything i brought like four slabs of that stuff (laughs) because i don't i don't eat fudge as much and because one i used to work for um this place called the fudgery where i had to make the fudge and making a fudge is fun eating is a whole other thing because there's a lot of sugar in there. it's like 15 pounds of sugar it takes to make a few feet of uh fudge um and then you slice it into uh in, in slices and everything um but it's a lot of fun doing it. Trust me, making fudge is a lot of fun uh, to do. But, uh, and I don't think, I don't know if there's ever a fudgery anymore. That was years ago. was like in the 90s when I was in um, Atlantic City back then, when they actually had the Ocean One Mall or stuff like that. That That's long gone. But Chocolate f- uh, Fusion, I had to do it. I had to do it. Another place I had to go to was the, um, what was the, what was the, uh, what was the place called? the Genji uh, Girls Art display, where they do the sandblast art mugs and shot glasses, and everything of your favorite fandoms and all this stuff. We came across them before when they were in um, Philly for Keystone, and to see them again, I was like, if I ever see those guys again, I'm definitely getting more, and we did. I got a Midoriya mug, I got a Super Smash Brothers uh, mug as well. I actually spoke with the lead designer of that place and i actually did a short 46 sec, 46 second video of her explaining how she does everything and it's really awesome uh, she was really sweet had like really kind of uh, donna uh she goes by the name of sunshine lovey and has a bit of a dolly parton esque type of persona with her which is like a really sweet you know lovable bubbly type of you know um you know southern country type of uh per, you know persona awesome but she is an extremely talented artist she you know was displaying all of her stuff and it was just it was pretty awesome but the one thing i will tell you my biggest and best buy of all time came out of this event and this was in the form of me getting a g um a g clay uh frank um canvas and for those who don't know g clay is the type of canvas that you have where they um where you kind of it's spray painted on a canvas but it's spray painted to look at pinpoint perfection i have a few in here but this one in particular was a limited edition series uh of the trinity and for those who are dc fans you know what the trinity is is batman superman and wonder woman and this one was drawn by none other than jim Lee. And this is a limited edition version, and it was sick. It was actually autographed and signed by him. I've always wanted a work of Jim Lee in my place, and I'm happy to say I actually did buy this. (laughs) It was my first real impulse buy in here at all, and I am happy to say that I enjoy watching and looking at this Gigley canvas frame in my house. It's beautifully framed, uh, has Jim Lee's signature on air and he's one of the greatest of all time he i am still sad that i never got a chance to watch uh to see him in philly because he was supposed to come in 2020 for philly uh and i was so excited because we never got a chance to have jim lee in philly and this is before dc fandom and they decided to migrate out of the whole entire thing which really really sucks i don't know if we'll ever get that chance to have jim lee do a panel ever again at this point because they're doing dc fandom now and this was my one chance to get a chance to see him for the fifth time in philly or who knows what the hell i would have been able to do or have a chance to do um with him being in philly i it it was just it's it's a shame i i hope that he does make an appearance again and in a in, in a comic convention let alone new york comic con as well because i love watching his panels Went to go see it four times when I when I was in San Diego. Uh just to see him sketch and everything. It was to me that was the equivalent of watching like your favorite performer on stage. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that was sad, but let alone nonetheless I got it. The Trinity you know what's funny? If you come into my place, I do have an abundance of DC art in this place. I mean, no joke. I'm a Marvel guy. I don't know how the hell I end up with all this DC stuff in here, but there is significance to it. Like I have the I have a, another Gigli, um canvas of the Superman and Muhammad Ali cover. Now, take note the significance here. the reason why I wanted this, because if you've read that comic book before, Muhammad Ali whipped Superman's ass in another planet that consisted of a red sun. So he had even he had the, uh, the even uh, odds to this and he whipped his ass. That was the significance of that. I also got one of Spider-Man versus Superman because it's Spider-Man. I have the Batman and uh, Superman lithograph autographed by Art um, by Bruce Timm and uh, Alan Bur- uh, Burnett and uh, Paul Denny. Because it's signed by the three guys who created the animated series, which I love. Uh, so there's that significance. And then now I have the Jim Lee Trinity because it's Jim Lee. So it's not necessarily that it's because it's a DC thing, but all of these bear some significance not associated with DC. But if you come in here, you think I'm a straight up DC fan like that. And it it's not. I'm really a Marvel fan. You know, I have a picture with me and Stan Lee here. Also, I have. Um, work done by a friend of mine, Ben Harvey, who's an artist as well. He's drawn for Marvel and he's drawn for, you know, Tokyo Pop and all this stuff. So I, you know, I got a Miles Morales painting here. Just wanna make sure that's established here, but I do have a, I have a good amount of DC stuff and I barely, I I do, like Green Lantern, I think was the last, is the recent series that I read, but otherwise it's like Marvel stuff as well. It's just crazy. But nonetheless, I'm a comic fan in general, so embrace it all. But this uh, this one here got a it has a certificate of authenticity uh, that explains that it is, has been signed. It is uh, that Jim Lee signed a hundred of these, and uh, it's great to have in the house. It, it's really awesome to have in the house. It, it it and I have a red wall too. That's the even cool part. Like again, if you if you go into the blog, you'll see that the wall is red and it plays beautifully off the frame and the colors of Superman and his cape and everything so it it really shows out couldn't kind of have a perfect place for it uh here as well the cosplayer uh the cosplaying in this thing was just awesome too um some of the best cosplayers around came back they I'm sure they were extremely happy um to come out I didn't get to see all I'm sure there was a, hundreds of awesome cosplayers out there I managed to get my Camera aimed at some really cool ones. Uh, I'm sure there. I, I believe there was a uh, Mr. Freeze one that somebody showed me that I never got a chance to see. So, I on my on my blog on TalkTimeLive.com as well. I also have a separate blog dedicated to the, some of the cosplaying um, concepts that I got the chance to see. And the ones that I saw were absolutely cool, including the steampunk Batman. You got to see that one. That was by far the most awesome one. I also had you know somebody doing ultra instant goku and the dude has the perfect build for it as well so i kind of thought that like i had to i had to give respect to that one there's another one who did a um bishop probably one of the best bishop cosplays i've, I've ever seen um really cute venom carnage uh combination uh a jane foster thor and many and and uh, many others too so yeah it's all in that blog as well you could go out of your way and check that out but just this event was just so great and I didn't get to see all of the ACMG members that was there, but I did come across, um, shout out to Jessica and James. Jesse and James, I just realized that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so yeah, I did get a chance to, uh, to get across uh, Jessica and, and James uh, who were you know there dressed as Division from the uh, video game division members in there. So I got a chance to see them again. I hung out with Jessica a while back when uh, she came to Philly. I think she was in New Jersey. I think she lives in New Jersey and she traveled all the way to Philly to hang out with us, to go see Captain Marvel. I thought that was awesome as hell. You know, this is the part about social. This is the part that should be about what social media is about getting to know people online, but also, you know, transitioning that into actually being friends and making live appearances and getting together and all that stuff. Like when My Hero Academia uh world heroes mission come out I'm going to see that um with one of the members of ACMG as well so like I'm, I'm, I do tend to try to hang out with people and do some outings because it can't be just about the virtual thing and I know we do have the pandemic and all the stuff now but even before the pandemic we, I were doing outings and all the stuff I did contests social media should be about being social in all aspects you know you can't use social media as a as a way as a form of battle as a battlefield as an arena to just want to debate everybody and all this stuff because that's the wrong way that's not a, that that's not how we should be social you know that i knew mark zuckerberg gets a lot of flack and deservedly so for a lot of the things that he does in terms of the algorithms and all that stuff but i do believe when he originally created this that it was meant to it was meant to be a way for people to communicate in ways that they can never communicate before and over the years he's turned he has expanded to a monster that even he possibly can't had a heart has a hard time controlling to a point that when he figured out how to control it, he's kind of like dr strange on what if because now he's found a way to you know uh, you know absorb all these powers and get all these powers and now it's taking control over into him and he's using it for the most darkest of means in some cases. So it kind of reminds me of that, like this variant of, of Mark Zuckerberg is pretty much like the dark, Dr. Strange in this case, but the algorithms have conformed us to be something that we probably shouldn't have been originally intended to be. And we have to get back to that idea of being social, both online and in person like so by the time you meet the same person that you spoke with online in person it becomes even a more deeper more intimate experience not intimate in the sense of like you guys are going to shack up or anything but intimate in a way that we need to be closer you know more trusting enjoyed you know enjoyable to each other you know stuff like that and that everyone so i always love that because that's the agenda that i have for acmg in there as well, not to be trolls, not to be soliciting, not to just, you know, be in it for yourself, whatever, to actually have a relationship and friendship with people who with like, with like-minded thing, uh, situations and, and, you know, have similar fandoms for things. That's what it should be all about. So I got to meet them, but most of all, and I, I, it was so busy. I couldn't meet, get to see and meet up with everybody from repop either, but I did get, uh, get to come across my uh favorite producer and content creator uh content coordinator i should say um camilla this uh the persia who i you know worked closely with to produce a lot of the metaverse panels that i work with so she helped everything like if we we worked so well together i'm looking forward to working her working with her again and i got a chance to you know get a picture with her you guys can see that on the blog as well and uh just Overall, I absolutely loved every bit of it. Like, again, you go into live.com, you can get deeper detail of what I've done and what, you can see the pictures and everything in there. But this, by far, professional-wise, professional and career-wise, possibly the best I've actually done to date uh, when it comes to this podcast. You know, I started this podcast some there six years ago. Um, I knew what I wanted it to be. I knew what I wanted it to lead to. And through hard work, learning and investing, I have let myself to get to this point of being at New York Comic-Con and working with the likes of people of Repop and you know getting the chance to interview some of the people that I have been fans of for so long and it's a testament to everything that I've all the work that's been put into this and I can't think every one of you enough for this and the people of repop and the guests that have been on this show you know countless times and just help make talk time live what it is you know acmg would not be any of this without any of you so thank you all for that so uh the only other news i oh and by the way shout out to my man eddie at repop who did recommend the yotel uh New York which is a really awesome hotel kind of have a you know almost like a Japanese type of theme for it the only weird part about it is like you had to do this weird thing to get to your room you had to go to the fourth floor and then take another elevator to whatever floor that you're in but it was still awesome nonetheless I love the room uh the room in there and such uh the the bathrooms and the showers are awesome I I love that it's a really cool you know Japanese space you know Like feel to it and vibe it's really really awesome um everything about new york was great except for the traffic that's pretty much it but you know thank him thank repop for this uh for everything that they've done for me this year and and even just in general not since 2018 like our working relationship has just been awesome um i can't thank them enough for giving me the opportunity to, to for them to make me feel worthy and valued Because as a person who worked for many places prior to, from retail to corporate environments, where as a black man, you don't get that opportunity. And there's not many of us that get to work at a place that really values what you do. And I went through a lot of that for, I went through a decade in corporate feeling like, or having them try to make me feel like I didn't have any value to work with a company like read pop and and partner with them and we work together and do some things and they give me full reign to do what i need to do to do what i do and trust me to do what i do and allow me to prove my worth to that that speaks volumes that speaks volumes immensely and you know thank them all they've been nothing but a class act from the very beginning and i i it's just a dream It is really literally is a dream come true for that so awesome just absolutely awesome but um the last thing i want to talk about before we go to our um to our talk topic of the week which is the dc fandom rundown this is a loaded episode a loaded uh, episode of talk time live by the way if you haven't noticed already it's like the 40th or 50th minute of the hour and such like that uh and yeah there's a lot to talk about but i want to talk about real quick didn't get a chance to do this because everything that was going on from wednesday on to sunday of last week my thoughts on the final episode of what if absolutely thought it was awesome like what if is just it was hard it's it's really hard and i'll talk about this poll that won't afterwards but that i put up uh in regards to the uh, best shows on disney plus for marvel but love this episode just had an in game type of vibe to it thought they did a great job um they reenact it starts off with them reenacting the opening scene from winter soldier except it's not it's not steve rogers it's peggy carter this time with um natasha aka black widow as they're you know infiltrating the ship that's ta- being taken over by pirates led by the leaper the leaper once again being reprised by none other then the legendary MMA UFC champion George St. Pierre returns as the Leaper once again. The th- Marvel Studios really does understand their fans; they understand the fan base, and they understand their fans. For them to bring GSP back, not only just on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but also just even for the short stint of him being in this, you know, small segment, it just speaks volumes. Uh, they understand their fan base and they respect their fan base and i love that i absolutely loved it the watcher is now recruiting heroes and villains from various worlds to uh you know help him fight uh ultron remember this the name of this was called you know what if the watcher broke his oath i love that i don't think in all of I, i gotta go back and try to find the actual the actual what if books but i don't think they've ever done a what if the watcher broke his oath i don't recall them ever doing that i don't know if this is based on it but this is a first for me to see this and to see them do it because it just breaks all barriers here but he recruits t'challa star lord t'challa thor uh las vegas thor i should say gamora captain carter dark doctor strange and killmonger of all people which that puts a twist on things uh and proclaims him uh as the guardian proclaims them all as the guardians of the multiverse this reminds you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of the new fantastic four if you guys ever read that book um it was when something happened to the original fantastic four so uh you know they were reserve members that they ended up recruiting wolverine ghost rider uh spider-man and hawk and by this point hawk was uh professor hawk if you will so they recruited and this was like a really awesome legendary short story that they did it was it was illustrated and drawn by author adams legendary author adams um one of my favorite another one of my favorite artists absolutely uh i believe i have a illustration book of his that he autographed as well in here somewhere but um man Arthur adams is 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 the man in here i'll tell you that but i digress this uh was also said that uh to be Chadwick Boseman's last role as T'Challa and this was this whole entire season this whole entire series was basically an awesome tribute because we got to hear we got to uh get a chance to get Chadwick Boseman performed many a times on, on a, a slew of these episodes and I don't think the great part about it is that there was I don't think I maybe I don't know I can't say I gotta see if there's a uh assembled episode as well to see you know if there was any behind the scenes of this but to confirm my theory but I don't know if they were knew that he was going to pass away I know he kept it very secretive and only a few people knew about it so I don't know we won't know but they had him on a lot in this season so it was just really awesome and yet also interesting that we were able to get him on multiple episodes including the final episode as well so, this was the first time we got to see Gamora uh, make her appearances as well on the show, uh, as well too. So I thought that was really awesome. There was a lot of funny moments, especially the moments where they were plotting to face Ultron, which led to Thor wanting to eat Chinese food, and they were all eating Chinese food while talking here as well. And you know, Doctor Strange and and um, the Watcher were kind of well. The Doctor Strange was question like, "You sure you recruited the right people?" and after a while they showed they proved that they did Thor using a battle cry and shouting out Viva Las Vegas was just gold in here Dr. Strange summoning the zombies from the zombie episode including zombie Wanda Maximoff was awesome only for Ultron to not only beat her but destroy the planet just to get rid of her (laughs) was awesome um Black Widow uses the Zola virus from that past from the previous episode to compromise Ultron's um, you know, body successfully, which led to an unexpected twist as we've seen Killmonger gain the power of the Infinity Stones and in gaining the Infinity Armor. Again, that Infinity Armor was actually seen on the game Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 as well. So that's a whole thing zola who also takes over ultron's body tries to fight killmonger for the infinity stones this led to strange and a watcher casting a spell that imprisoned the two in a battle for eternity so the battle was won after all this and the members returned to their worlds and at first i thought that they didn't remember they weren't going to be able to remember what they did but captain carter actually did remember everything that went on uh black widow then argues black widow who from the post-apocalyptic world argues with the watcher about you know being going back to a world that is lost and she didn't want to go back there so the watcher instead sends her to a world where the avengers lost black widow so he did kind of once again interfere with the events of the timeline i don't know to what extent is that how is that going to affect him but we don't know this battle this episode was just as great as in game in my opinion it had that type of epic feel uh almost as great i think in game was a little bit greater in a sense but um it, it it almost leveled up to this. We also get an end credit scene where Captain Carter and Black Widow come into in her world come into the Discovery where they find Steve Rogers and the Hydra Smasher both still intact, which may lead to the to Captain Carter getting her own series as rumored here. So um overall the entire series to me was an A plus series. I enjoyed every single episode in depth. Okay, It was awesome. Now, you know, even though Hawkeye isn't coming out until the 29th, I believe, of November. And it is said to be coming out with two new, with first two episodes to a six-part series. I decided to put up a poll at this time, even before Hawkeye coming out. Because honestly, I think Hawkeye will be good, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere better than the last the recent four episodes so i put up a poll asking our acmg members what was their number one marvel studios series on disney plus and they only had to choose one i didn't give him the option to choose um multiple or comment because i didn't want them to you know just comment and not vote a lot of people do that on on facebook they'll comment but they won't actually put in a vote because the votes and the numbers matter so i needed them to do that and overall it worked uh and shout out to facebook for down finally allowing us to put pictures and putting statistic uh you know because i used to have to do the math myself so now i don't have to do the damn math and they put percentages up and everything now so um but we put up WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and What If, recently. Neck and neck was Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Um, I myself voted for... I, it was hard. It was really hard. I wanted to say What If. I see, Here's the other thing, too. There was not a bad pick. Even if Loki was the one to pick the day everybody pick, it wasn't a bad pick. If What If was the pick or and so forth and so on. There was not a really a bad pick of the bunch. It's not to say that it was the best, it was just to say who people thought was their number one because they all were fantastic. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier went neck and neck with WandaVision and just by a hair, WandaVision wins with 40% of the vote. Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, goes second with 37 of the vote and Loki and What If ties with 11% um, of the vote of overall so um all of them were great all of them were great but i think the reason why i picked falcon and the winter soldier and i look i respect everybody who picked any of these picks but falcon and the winter soldier i think i had to stick with as much as i wanted to say what if so bad um after watching that but falcon and the winter soldier had a message it had a very important message it had some really powerful performances it really um you know, touched on some real world issues that was depicted into fantasy and we needed to hear that and we needed to see that and just it was just awesome and then we got to see a new captain america come in the form of sam wilson which looked awesome and fantastic and it worked and virtually everybody enjoyed it you know uh, you know accepted it i'm sure there were maybe a minority of people who didn't but screw them but it was all embraced for the most part and we got a new captain america we have you know a more powerful wanda we got a lot of great things coming out of these things and i i loved the ball. but you know significantly for me uh you know as a black person i needed to see something like that in falcon and the winter soldier and i think when it came to falcon and the winter soldier i was it it made me emotional when i saw that when i saw certain of scenes in the speech and all that stuff i was very emotional watching that and so that i can't ignore that so kudos to all of them they were all phenomenal and you know as a whole i think my favorite not the best but my favorite would be possibly falcon and order soldier and that's my reason for that so folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're gonna take a break come back and we got a rundown of a lot of things that happened yesterday during DC fandom. So we'll be talking about that and much more. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as
1: This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter 5. This is Chris Battle, character designer at Team Titan Go. Here's
0: your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Live.
1: This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go, and you are listening to ACMG Presents TalkTime Live.
0: Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk
1: Topic of the Week. Ready?
0: Fight! Folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my rundown of all of the news that came from yesterday's virtual fa- DC Fandom event uh, that they had. And this, again, this is their way of doing their version of uh, their comic. This is their d23 event basically and they're doing it all virtually last year they did it uh and they did it for two whole days like this was like a damn near 24 hour rundown 48 hour rundown of shows and events and news that were coming out of this and things that they were doing they did it big last year and i think it may have cost them because this year they downsized it dramatically to only four hours and I think it was for the best because I think it was just overwhelming last year. It was it was uh, oversaturated with content last year. And I don't know if everybody stood at their seats to watch everything. And I think because of that, they lost, they didn't get as much viewership online as they, as they would have wanted. Plus the way that they were doing things weren't the, at the best this year. They downsized it only for hours and they had more, um, ways to watch it it was easier to watch because remember last year you could only watch it on their website which sucked because you had you know for people like me who wanted to watch it on my big screen you had to cast it on a big screen and casting sometimes is not always the best thing to do and it was it was it drained my battery last year on my ipad i'll tell you that because i had to keep my ipad open just to watch it this year not so much it was on youtube this year it was on uh ign did their own coverage of it as well and a few other places so you had multiple ways to watch it this year and i think this year was better executed than it was last year in that uh in that respect but again the the really bad part about this is that this is them not going to new york comic-con or san diego comic-con you know much like disney like this is the virtual version of d23 for them and the case and it's probably it definitely probably is more cost effective for them to do it this way they don't have to you know build displays and structures and all this stuff or they don't have to you know pay for travel and people going out and doing you know it, it does take away from that aspect from a financial standpoint but overall the investment to me i felt was worth it from a fans aspect is that you're having dc representation there or you have a marvel representation there really just makes the event a lot better so now you know we got to pay another big amount of money to go to florida to go see d23 or you know we got to stay home and watch a virtual event with virtual panels and all this stuff which at this point they didn't have to do because now we're having more live events now so they could have in their own right do an actual event i hope they do, i just hope they go back to work on repop and in other places just to do this i really do the dc fandom was eventful it was very eventful i did i was entertained for four hours uh and he did like i said the way that he did it this year was far in a way better than what they did last year but at all best i'd rather them be at the event doing their thing but with that said they had a lot and i mean a lot to reveal both in the comic book and uh both for the comic book um aspect and their um their live action and animated uh, aspect they covered all grounds the one thing that was highly noticeable and, and fantastic about this year was representation and it was in full effect you got to see it all over much like last year they had multiple hosts they had tiffany smith you know with the american audience but they also had audiences from around the world that were representing their country and their region for uh dc fans and i thought that was awesome but then as you go down there was a lot more news that were involving you know comic series uh and, and animated series or live action series that had a lot a big focus on representation of all types not just um not just gender not just race orientation everything they covered it all and i know people Got on, you know, DC's case about the Superman superman representational thing, uh, situation with him being, uh, bisexual. I'm, I'm okay with it. It makes sense. Nobody, why is he conformed to being, you know, human and doing things what they believe is the human ways? He has every right to explore what he needs. This story needs to be told. And some people felt that it was forced or it was, you know, ba- being on a bandwagon when in fact, when you look at the DC fandom, it's not just them working on Super uh, Superboy or Superman. They're doing everything. They're making change. It's not just one aspect. I, if it was just that, and that's it, I would have probably thought the same thing. But no, they're changing everything. And to that respect, I know Dean Cain made some mention of things, too. But he, I get, bet you Dean Cain hasn't watched Supergirl at all. Because if you watch Supergirl, he would also know that they've been doing this for quite a while in terms of representation and orientation and all this stuff. Supergirl, the series, has been already on this. Greg Berlanti does nothing but show that type of representation or all representation on all of his formats. He's He's been, Greg Berlanti Productions has been spearheading that for ages, and that seems to be the continuing theme for all of DC. And to that, I commend him for it. So it's not a one-time thing. They are going full blast with this milestone media also, you know, all that. So I really commend them. And by the way, I love static. That is another comic book that I am reading. Um, static is a awesome book. I will, I, I am a huge fan of what milestone media is doing with that. And especially the whole anime manga theme with it too. It is dope. <laughs> so the show starts with the introduction of many actors from dc films and the cw shows as well the greg berlanti bunch or the arrowverse which is now the superman verse now they've uh I, I, they have confirmed that is no longer the arrowverse is now the superman verse so they are making some major changes here as we speak the opening showed a bunch of clips from cw shows and upcoming movies that we we're uh, expected to see we then enter the virtual fandom hall designed by jim lee and uh, hosted by like i mentioned him, uh, tiffany smith and uh, she, as she introduced us to the show of multicultural hosts from around the world as well that will be covering dc fandom in their respective countries uh news and trailers we start on with black adam the Rock, a.k.a. Dwayne uh, Johnson, announces that the movie is in post-production, which means we will be seeing it soon, And, and uh, including we get a sneak peek of the movie, and it looks awesome. It, it really, really looks awesome, I gotta admit. Um, it is coming with a date of July 29th, 2022, so I'm looking forward to that. We then go to a interview with Grant Gustafson, a.k.a. The Flash, who comes on talking about the upcoming new season of the flash with Bart and Nora involved and I love this because now the speech is becoming a speedster theme anymore uh again and most of the the best flash seasons consist of the speedsters they tried to go away from the speedsters and it didn't just feel it just didn't feel good didn't feel good at all unless it was a crossover but now we're getting back to the speedsters and Bart and Nora Nora returns as well everybody loved Nora <laughs> as well so uh, it's gonna be great to see those two bart bart was awesome and uh in uh, last season so i'm looking forward to seeing more development with him now i do want to take note that Greg, i don't know how they were filming it or what time of the night they were filming this but greg gustason looked really drained and tired he looked tired and, un- and unenthusiastic when was talking about the show um they were also talking about the gold boots that you know he wanted to have on a show candace payton shows off the new we're going to see candace Payton. we're going to be hearing from candace payton a lot during um uh, this whole rundown because she comes back ever so often to do updates and news uh announcements and such like that so it was awesome to see her because it was perfect because iris west is a reporter who reports on things so her char- it plays to her character uh but candace payton A.K. iris west shows off the new suit for this season with the gold boots the traditional gold boots from the original comics which we're now going to see in this as well so we then get some info about the new aquaman sequel called aquaman the lost kingdom black what i was very happy about black manta will be returning to for the sequel um this is one of the one aside from wonder woman this was the other dc movie that i did like and here um and it's you know their their movies are starting to build some quality this the new suicide squad that james gunn did um wonder woman the first one were pretty good uh zach snyder's uh snyder cut justice league i actually do like um and as opposed to the josh whedon one after watching the snyder cut it was like yeah josh whedon's I, I, you know i am a josh whedon fan of his work not particularly how he does his work but nonetheless uh i thought he you know that that snyder cut was was definitive at best so uh there's also a new aquaman series that is out now on hbo max called king of atlantis which is an animated series it's like a little really, you know comedy series kind of like teen titans go in a sense i think it's a little bit more adult oriented maybe but it, you know has the art style in there depicts it as more of a comedy type of film uh, Echo Killam returns, uh, uh, moderate Echo Killam, who plays Curtis on The Flash, uh, as, or Mr. Terrific. God, I miss him. He was one of my favorite characters on that show. Oh, not, um, not The Flash on Arrow. Uh, he was one of my favorite characters on Arrow at the time, but he came back to moderate uh, Milestone Media. I want, he needs to come back. Matter of fact, I love the guy that took over for, um, for Cisco, I would have loved that Mr. Terrific would have made his taste. No disrespect to that dude, but like, I would have loved that Mr. Terrific would have um took over for that spot for Star Labs. I anything about that, but nonetheless, I digress. Uh, Reggie Hudlin and um, Dennis uh, uh, Cohen, the founders of Milestone Media, are uh, come on to talk about their latest books like Static, uh, Icon, and Rocket, Hardwire, Hardware, and many more and uh they did announce that uh, and confirm that there will be two crossovers later in the seasons for the comic book so we will see uh static maybe do a team up with icon and rocket and hardware and all those guys you know they also announced that the blood syndicate is coming in 2022 a lot of people were excited about that uh they're bringing back milestone compendium which is uh a book that consists of 1300 pages of the classic issues of milestone that made them that made them what they are. They also announced that a live-action feature of Static is coming. And as well as another film that they didn't uh announce yet. But they did say Michael B. Jordan is co-producing uh the static movie. So that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, milestone animated feature is coming as well. Looking forward to that. Making uh they're making a program to create uh to they're actually made, they're on a program in an association with DC that will um bring the next generation of creative artists and writers to the Forefront uh writers and artists that are more of, um representative of multiple cultures uh black the black community especially this is here's the thing and this is interesting I grew up, when I grew up I, I I was born with the ability uh, Of an artist, but not, I was not born with the privilege to become an artist, meaning I didn't have the opportunities and nurturing completely like other people would. I wanted to be an illustrator, I wanted to be a comic book artist, I wanted to be, you know, an animator at best. I wanted to go to school for animation, but there was not really a means to get the opportunities that other people have even if i went to school for it they were still had to be in a battle to get those opportunities because they were all given to you know people uh to white people <laughs> i just put it like that you know many people of color were devoid of that you know we didn't get too many people of color who would you know we didn't have a Dwayne mcduffie and you know and a um when i was growing up you know, when I was growing, we didn't have Dwayne McDuffie and a Reggie Hudlin and Dennis Cohen, uh, you know, up there until they created Milestone for them to. And they and they fought it. If you ever watched a documentary that um, that is out there, the Secrets of uh, Comic Books, I believe it was called, it was made by um, what's his name who created The Walking Dead uh, on AMC, you see what they went through you know, what they had to go through before Jim Lee became, you know, the top brass of the company. Um, and he, cause even he made Wildstorm and all the stuff while they were fighting doing, um, Milestone, you know, Jim Lee was over at image with Rob Lightfield and Tom McFarlane and all those guys and such. So, um, they went through a, a hell of a battle just to get their creativity out there. And I've, as for me, I ended up, you know, moving into graphic design. know myself because i felt like maybe there's a chance of me getting out there and i'm gonna tell you it was still hard to do so much to the point i had to go on my own and create my own business to get out there because getting opportunities to be in a graphic design firm and all that stuff was not easy to see to to allow people to show what i can do is not easy so i had to i had to make my own i had to create my own representation and and prove that I can do everything that I set out to do which again which is why I'm doing this show which is why I'm working with Repop which is why I'm able to you know get to do the things that I'm doing because I had to fight and still fighting to do what I need to do this is why I am so adamant on people getting their asses up and really putting in that work especially people in my community I feel like we have been We've had self-fulfilling prophecies thrown at us so much that we are meant to believe that we're not capable of doing more. And I guess I'm the one of the people who took the red pill and decided, like, no, we can do more. But I need a lot of of us all to do more and to believe that we could do more, but we gotta put into work to do it. And it's great to hear that not only milestone is a part of this initiative, which you're calling the milestone initiative, but also jim lee is working closely with them to make sure that this is happening as well and in accordance with dc and this is an awesome thing so now all these younger kids will have the opportunity and talent and to you know have this do i actually spoke with a friend of mine um walter he's a teacher he's going back to penn state in order to you know get some certification to be a principal if he's he said if that falls if that goes into fruition as he wants to he wanted me to come down and do some speaking engagements for um kids to show what i'm doing and i have no problem with doing i've done it before i do it constantly i will i will my idea for me is not to create to have to encourage and influence and inspire you know, kids or people in general, to do what I do, I want to inspire people to do better than what I'm doing. To do more what I'm doing. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm extremely happy, and I'm always happy to do things that I'm doing. I always like to do more. I always like to evolve. I'm ever learning. I'm ever evolving because I'm ever learning. But eventually. My time went in. I got to pass the baton to somebody else, and I want to make sure that people know that they can do and do better. That's just the way it should be. So, I, I look, I'm all for this. I'm all for this, and I'm looking forward to more of us in my community and, and the Latino community and the LGBTQI community. You know, we need just a balance. It's not just one more doing more than the other. We need a balance. We need a balance so everybody can get a chance to do whatever and whatnot and we can all maturely live in harmony and all feel that we have embraced opportunity so hopefully we can do that but moving on candace payton returns to announce that dc uh, webtoons are doing a series called the wayne foundation uh based on the wayne foundation called wayne family adventures is going to be a series of webtoons that which is basically like motion comics if you will with um some voiceover talent that will talk about members of the wayne family or people associated with the wayne family so that's coming out so you'll have that uh we also then go to a first video game segment uh that talks about suicide squad kill the justice league and we get a sneak peek of what the game is going to be about and it shows a trailer that has amanda waller sending the suicide squad or task force x in a mission to take out the justice league and it looks like the justice league is going rogue i don't know if this is going to be connected to the uh injustice earth if you will if not but um the trailer shows some very funny moments where amanda waller is taking out the penguin because they lied and said that the penguin is uh trying to get away and <laughs> she shocks them but they keep antagonizing him he's already dead and they keep saying it like did we get him like no you didn't get him yet <laughs> and they still shocking him. it's hilarious but um unfortunately it will not be coming out this year it's coming out 2022 we heard about this game during last year um last dc fandom and it looks like it's still in the works i believe rock steady um rock is working on this who worked on the arkham series they're also working on the other game as well so i'm uh, look let them take their time this game looks awesome I'm looking forward to seeing how this turns out we also go to the segment that talks about peacemaker uh series which is starring john cena and a host of other people uh john uh james gunn is absolutely all over this series he's directing he's you know, overseeing everything and he did a panel on here as well so this will be on hbo max john cena comes in to talk about the new hbo max series that is coming soon john takes us behind the scenes of the production with james gun at the helm james Gunn then uh, moderates the cast and james introduces a teaser of the series it looks awesome i am so looking forward to this series um i hope the series becomes so successful we never see john cena in wwe ever again okay I, I, I clearly clearly hope that this will always be the case so i dig this i'm looking forward to that grant Gustin comes back look a little bit more awake than last time but he introduces uh superman and lois and uh the the stars of those two uh the two talk about season two they t- um, take us behind the scenes of the uh, in a tour through the kent house um, the actress who plays uh, Lois Lane I forgot her name forgive me and the actor who plays um, Jordan. Uh, they take us through a tour of the Ken house as well which the upstairs does go it goes nowhere and they call it a great beyond um, they talk about the farewell episode of Supergirl as well Melissa Benoist uh, and the cast the entire cast both past and present come back for this everybody except for John Cryer and a few others just a few others but um they uh the, the most notable people to come back is uh mikad brooks who plays um uh jimmy olsen or james olsen if you will in this earth uh who went on to play jacks on mortal kombat then you have chris wood who play um monel who is absolutely my favorite character in the entire bunch uh in this thing and it was awesome to see them come back to talk about the casting show and everything and what they went through i do want to point out i forgot the guy's name who probably played brainiac he 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 played the he lived a gimmick he was on all green during this whole entire process i thought it was all that he looked he he was uh he was in brainiac uh form throughout this whole thing i thought that was pretty cool we get to see a star girl sneak peek well it's uh the series is going on as we speak and um so we know what's going on there new introduction of a new superman animated series is in the works and it looks awesome it looks like it's um the it it looks like it's animated by uh forgot oh i forgot the animated series that it looks like it's based on i should have wrote that down in my notes but it's coming soon it looks awesome i'm looking forward to this as well uh jim lee then comes on to talk about Uh, The new Superman issues coming soon, including the one that we just spoke about involving John Kent coming out as bisexual, which is available and coming in available in November. Honestly, there's been uproar for a minority of people about this. It's ridiculous. And it'll pass over much like it did with Sam Wilson when he took over the helm as, you know, um, Captain America. It's just people want to have people just don't like change sometimes and that just makes them weak at the end of the day. And it makes sense. The dude is alien. The dude has no conformity to anything that we expect him to be. Why is he not exploring this? You know, and I look, if you watch um Trevor Noah, he did a really fun segment and made a lot of great points about this whole thing and, and why people should be up in an uproar about him. Nah, be, like why is why does he have to conform to any ways of the United States of America? He's from another planet. He his family is from another planet. Why does he feel the need that he needs to conform to an ideology? And an ideology is nothing more than a ideal that a community comes up with. But it's not something that is that is permanent. You know, it's it's not. It's an ideology is just a way that people think. But it's not the end all be all way of people thinking. You know, you can break out of the, you know, the, the, uh, the algorithm or the structure of the way things happen. It just is. And you should not be vilified for it. Uh, we have Mishka, which is by a, um, which is by, I believe, is a design of, uh, of a, a, a form of design wear by an NFL star. I'm not an NFL dude. So, uh i don't know too much about it but i believe it's from uh what let me see yeah i can't i forgot it was from from some nfl some uh, nfl athlete who does a a, um, a line of design wear which is awesome design wear but he's doing a uh a design of uh hats inspired by superman i don't know if i'll be able to rock it but it did look it did look dope it did look fly as hell so I, I, I dug that so uh, We didn't go back to Dwayne Johnson as he in, uh, Talks about his New movie his other new movie That he's working with DC based on The pets of the Super um, Of the Justice League Super Pets Which was a, a teaser shown by Which is starring Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart they're working Together again uh, Dwayne Johnson is Playing Crypto the dog you know Superboy uh, faithful and Superman's Faithful um you know dog and um kevin hart is playing ace which is batman's uh pup so that it looks like it's gonna be really funny I- i'm looking forward to that matt boomer who plays on doom patrol uh he talks about his uh latest season of doom patrol which is on now on hbo max as well this week's episode i got a chance to see it it's weirder than normal i gotta rewatch it because i was playing metroid at the time and didn't really pay attention to what was going on in that up ep- but it's you almost really can't do anything when playing watching doom patrol because it's so much weirdness going on doom patrol to me is it's it's legends of tomorrow but it has a better plot like this season of legends of tomorrow to me the last season fell off because they didn't have they were it just felt like it reminded me of josie uh, and the pussycats in outer space where it's just like random they just go through random things but there's no real plot to what they're going through I hope this season of Legends of Tomorrow that they actually have an actual plot and a villain strong enough that it makes it better. Because Titans right now is doing just that for me. They have a plot and they have a villain that is, you know, facing off right now. So I, you know, I hopefully it's better. But it to me it's it's losing this spark to me with Legends of Tomorrow, I gotta say. Um, we don't we didn't get a sneak peek of the flash movie we get a little bit of hints and i am happy to see this because the jim lee inspired flash suit will be making its appearance along with some multiverse versions of the flash as well so that's going to be a thing too so i'm looking forward to that we also get a sneak peek of the injustice movie which i actually heard I got word that this is not a good movie but i will be checking it out nonetheless i think this is going to be something i may that may be rentable because first of all what, the biggest thing that turned me off when i first saw a period is that they're using the same art style that they're using for the mortal Kombat* movie and that to me was a big 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 turn off for me at the beginning so i don't know i i, I don't know how this is going to turn out but it's coming out in digital uh this week so do believe that next week that will be the review that i have um be, that i'll be doing so stay tuned for that one i don't expect I, I i don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious but i don't think this is going to be a riveting review hopefully the story is stronger than the animation and art style itself on this but we get jeff Kelly, jeff Kelly, the uh creator and founder of the game awards um and to talk with Ed Boone and Justin Hartley, who plays Oliver, Cl- uh, the original Oliver Queen on Smallville, I think was the inspiration for Oliver Queen, for the Queen um, Arrow TV series was basically off of that. And he also played Aquaman. He was originally set to be Aquaman. And there's a pilot on HBO Max that um, stars him. And it, dude, I, go out of your way to check that out. He actually would have played a great uh, Aquaman. But for some reason, they... It, the pilot it was only the pilot date didn't um go through with it it's really interesting so um but he's playing superman in this in the uh injustice movie anson mount mount is playing batman and they show a clip of it as well very interestingly they're changing the story around here as to how superman went rogue um to my memory i don't recall actually it may be true i think it. i think he, did kill lois and it was uh based on the gas that the joker did but joker also implanted a bomb in her i gotta it makes me want to watch and play the actual game all over again to see what the hell happened but i think they're more basing it on that as well so well i will see i i'll cover all this next week um but we also then go to blue beetle who also is getting a movie zola um forgive me if I this, uh, Zolo. Morindina or Marin Deanna, uh, joins Angel uh, Manu- uh, Manuel Soda and uh, Gareth Danette Also Alosa uh, or Also Sir. <laughs> I'm butchering these names inconsistently, which are the like directors and producers of the uh, movie, upcoming movie uh, that is coming soon. They show conceptual art of the Blue Beetle suit. It looks awesome. Uh, again, this is part of the representation. You know, they'll have the Latino representation for this movie. It looks really good. I'm ho- I'm, I'm rooting for this movie to be awesome because uh, Blue Beetle is one of my favorite characters on Young Justice. I actually liked the character and I liked him on Injustice as well. I thought he was dope. Has a Spider-Man vibe to him and I like. So Tiffany uh, Smith comes back to talk about the 20th anniversary of Smallville. She interviews Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum uh, which You know, Tom Welling was uh, Clark Kent and Michael Rosenbaum played the infamous Lex Luthor, one of the best Lex Luthor's up until John Cryer (laughs) came in. Like, I think Michael Rosenbaum gets credit for making Smallville what it was because it was his role as Lex Luthor that everybody kept talking about. He was dope. (laughs) Um, And and fun fact, for those who don't know, Michael Rosenbaum also played The Flash on... Uh, justice league and justice league unlimited as well so the dude has range he was awesome in that show you know Uh, but they talk about how you know their experiences on the show what they loved about it and what they you know all all the fun things that they had in here i will say this a lot of the cast from smallville came back in virtual form to say you know happy anniversary or to say you know thank you to the fans and all the stuff of course, we didn't get to see Allison Mack and there is no mention of Allison Mack at all in this segment. Of course, you guys know Allison Mack who uh, played in the series two was arrested for being a part of a sex cult. <laughs> okay, so um, that was that. That was never mentioned at all in this entire, it was, it was like she didn't exist. However, they did show a short clip of her hugging uh, Clark. So they did show her in here, but it was a very quick clip, boom, out. No mention of it at all. So it was a really great segment. And and I did like the fact that um, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum did mention that like their show did inspire uh, the Arrowverse and Arrow coming out. And it absolutely did because, and, it, and I like the fact that Tom Welling also in this segment did point out like, you know, by the time that Arrow came out, the studios had the technology and the means to do what they're doing today. They didn't have that, you know. So regardless of the fact that it did, kind of acknowledge that the 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 special effects and technology kind of have aged a bit. And if you look at the scenes, it did really age. It didn't age well, but it's still worth watching and it's still entertaining to that extent. And the performances are really good, and that's I think was more important here uh so yeah i like the fact that he did acknowledge that the you know they didn't have the technology to do what they're doing now but they still there was still something worth watching in there and it was smallville up until like i think season six was awesome and then they just it lasted way it it far in a way lasted way too long there was a time where i felt and a lot of people felt that the show should have ended Probably in the 6th or 7th season But they wanted to drag us out And then by the time we finally get to see them wear the suit Like um, Clark wear the Superman suit It was only a tease I don't, I still to this day don't understand why They felt that they couldn't show him in Superman form Because now it's not a big deal Now we see that in the norm We see Supergirl now We see Superman now has his own series And we see him wear the suit on a normal basis Like why was that such a big deal That they didn't show I, I don't know like it wasn't just dc that did it marvel did it too at one point there was for some reason they didn't want to show the intellectual property of the like why i don't know i don't know maybe it's because they didn't think they could pull it off as well and it wasn't convincing but now again we got the means and the special effects and the cgi and, and, and the technology to do it now so maybe that's the case i don't know so um Candace Payton comes back uh, once again to announce that the Monkey Prince comic series is coming back and it will be appearing in 2022. Um, Batgirl herself, Javisa Le- uh, Leslie, introduces a new game, Gotham Knights. We get to see, um, we heard about this uh, game last year, along with uh, the Suicide Squad. We get a trailer of what's going on here. And it, again, just like Suicide Squad, this game looks awesome. Uh, we get Penguin, who talks to Nightwing about the Court of Owls. The Bat crew, which consists of Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin, and Red Hood, all enter the uh are, are enter the uh, the castle where the Court of Owls are at, and they face many different challenges. We get a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the game. Jim Lee is also involved in, is heavily involved in this as well, and it looks like to me that the character design and art style seems to reference a lot of jim lee's art style too um if you look at some of the court structure the body frame and shape and everything is it's heavily influenced and I, this was making me like this game even more now so this is also coming out in 2022 as well and that both of those games look great so um javisa leslie also is uh Uh, accompanied by Rachel uh, Skatton who uh, plays Alice in Batwoman and they both talk about what to expect in this season of Batwoman which by the way I saw the first season of of Batwoman um, uh, last week and I am excited because they now have the Mad Hatter that was involved in it too Uh, Poison Ivy is going to be a part of this season so they're now taking it to another level and Alice will be teaming up with, with Ryan (laughs) <laughs> a- a- aka batwoman to try to this salvage- i don't know what direction alice is going in this whole thing so this is going to be interesting um we also had cameron johnson aka luke fox aka um aka batwing who talks about the origin of batwing and his involvement he also announced that he will be writing an issue of batwing as well so that's awesome again the representation is kicking in, and then we he focused on talking about that and the opportunities to be able to do these things for the DC universe as well. So, again, more representation coming. We got to see Blue Beetle, we got to see Milestone. Uh, we talked about uh John Kent, you know, becoming bisexual. Um, and it's just this is them take people. It's funny, we want change. But when they see change coming, they become skeptic about the change. But when you see it to this level, you have to recognize it and commend it on. This is not just them just throwing one thing out and saying, like, throw them a bone. We'll do it. No, they're refacing their entire franchise to make sure it conforms to equality. And I dig that. You got to give them credit for that. It's not just a one-time thing. Like, come on, I work for corporate, so I know that you know when they try to make people poster jobs because they try to make me the poster child of their company many a times, being in front of, uh, you know, do, you know, taking part of, you know, brochures and and calendars and whatnot. I was not taking a part of that because, I, no, I didn't want to be that person. <laughs> I did not want to be that person because I knew I was working for a company that didn't really mean what they were trying to produce and try to provide this right here this feels genuine everything that jim lee is doing everything that milestone is doing everything that everything feels genuine to me you know so i'm not as cynic as everybody and i have the right to be cynical in any in any of all of this so i dig what they're doing here so uh candace payton again comes back to announce that the robins uh the comic series will be available on dc infinite so that was a thing Catwoman hunted a new animated series is uh an animated movie has been announced uh they showed the world premiere trailer kate Kane, aka batwoman will be in this movie the movie appears to be anime influence it, not to say that is actually anime but is anime influences the the art style is reminiscent of that of the boondocks which could mean that studio mayor could be a part of this it. because they are surprisingly working also the people who brought you to boondocks and other actual anime series are also the people responsible for that not so pleasing looking Mortal Kombat movie and also the upcoming not so pleasing looking Injustice movie that Ed Boone seems to be loving a lot ew I don't know how they that, that range is ridiculous how they come from doing the boondocks which looks awesome to that mortal Kombat movie which looks like a 90s anime series i don't know but this uh movie is coming out february 8th 2020 it looks awesome i'm looking forward to that it looks like to be somewhat of a comedy much like harley quinn in in some cases constantine also getting another animated movie coming in matt ryan will be reprising his role once more as uh constantine nobody can do it better I'm sorry. At this time, nobody can do it better. He takes the title for Constantine, and I'm glad that they're still sticking to him to this day. because I always thought that he got the bad rap of getting canceled way too early for a, a great season. He almost ended up like Swamp Thing and Supergirl to that extent um, where they got canceled the first season on a network that didn't know how to utilize them and didn't know how to build them. CBS had Supergirl, and they canceled it. Thank goodness Greg Berlanti managed to salvage the show and it went on to CW and it it went through like eight seasons now and 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 gratefully so because since it went on to CW was much better than ever Constantine was canceled from NBC and I thought that was a bad rep because I actually liked Constantine uh the Constantine series and they were leading to doing some really awesome things and then all of a sudden he ended up being with the uh Legend of Tomorrow and he got the chance to be him on that show Swamp Thing, they're still up in the air for what they're doing with that series, but I think they should continue it on a CW or do something with that series, because that was aiming to be an awesome type of uh, show as well. So, put that on an H- put that on HBO Max, for God's sake. So uh, We then get an announcement that Teen Titans Go and Superhero Girls will be doing a crossover. Why not? They've done a crossover with virtually almost everybody nowadays. Green, uh, We hear about the Green Lancer movie. We also hear about Battle of the Super Sons. Also, all these are animated movies that are scheduled to be coming soon as well. Battle of the Super Sons, I'm actually looking forward to because that was one of the other only DC uh, comics that I was really excited for. Like uh, Young John Kent and Damian Wayne. It's a really cool combo right there. So, um, looking forward to seeing that. A new kid series called Batwills is coming too. Pretty much, it's, you know, um, Pixar's cars with vehicles based you know based on your favorite superheroes i guess uh candace payton announces a batman unburied which is an audio series coming to spotify winston duke we all know his uh is from you know uh black panther uh and uh jordan pills us winston duke scheduled to play as batman I may be into that. I may jump on that. (laughs) And there's a lot of other really great um, actors that will be doing voice roles for this audio series as well. That is dope. (laughs) Uh, Batman. uh, Puma announced that uh, they're doing a Batman themed Puma gear series coming soon. So that should be uh, cool as well. Batgirl featured. uh, Batgirl feature film announced with leslie grace from in the heights to play barbara gordon in this pre-production uh movie coming out soon so they talk about that dc's titans season four is official announced uh officially announced by dick grayson himself brenton uh twatis uh, if i'm if i'm spelling that right or pronouncing that right uh he was on to talk about his work on the series but then they also show clips from an upcoming episode of titans where tim drake is helping garth to get into wayne manor so that's awesome for those who think that again i love that again the internet the social media portion of the internet i should say always a vocal minority of people who don't like the series and that's fine that but they tend to want to dictate that it's everybody should think it sucks and it doesn't because if it really sucked and if they didn't have a fan base then they wouldn't get another season there it it just doesn't work that way people people get awarded new seasons of shows if there's a fan base that watches it if they do not get a fan base that watches it, if if the ratings is not up that show will be canceled so despite what you think there's a fan base who likes a particular series and therefore seasons will continue. DC's Titans is now getting a season 4. Deal with it. And I love the series so far. I love what they're doing with Blackfire. I love what they're doing with um with with, with Garth who is now officially spoiler alert, he officially is uh going to his second animal form of a bat. So I all through like the first three seasons he's been nothing but a tiger he's finally changing into another animal form it took three three seasons for him to turn into an animal another animal form so he will be turning to multiple animals here so thank goodness for that so uh, and then we also got tim drake's story you know developing too of him becoming the new robin as well the red hood series i really dig what they're doing with this the only thing i'm a little bit off-putting with is this earth's version of scarecrow i hope that we eventually see him in an actual scarecrow uniform i don't necessarily mind this new version of the scarecrow but it will be full it will it will be complete it won't be complete for me until we see him in the whole entire getup as well so we'll see but we then go to um the announcement of harley quinn season three announced by harley himself uh harley herself uh kelly cuoco uh, and uh, Ron Funches, who, uh, who plays King Shark, a very fun version of King Shark at best. I love Ron Funches, one of my favorite comedians of this era. He is hilarious. Uh, anybody who's a wrestling fan and an anime fan and an animation fan or a comic book fan, I'm all for it, and especially if he's a comedian. So the dude had... I can't even say that now because that just fouls it up, but he's a wrestling fan. Let's just put it like that. But uh, King Shark... They both introduce a sizzle uh, footage, which is basically kind of the uh, screen. This like the screenplay version of it with them voicing it over of season three. So that's coming in two thousand twenty-two. The first two seasons of Harley Quinn are awesome. One of the best DC series that they've ever come out with by far. Um, a new Batman Cape Crusader series is coming. Created by J.J. Abrams, Bruce Timm, Matt Reeves, and James Tucker. They're all working together to kind of recreate an adult-based version of the original series. Uh, but also have a Batman Year One premise to it as well. It's coming both to Cartoon Network and HBO Max. So see Bruce Timm, uh, you know, come back to do what he did best with the an- original animated series. It's going to be interesting. But also is going to be interesting is who will be playing the voices of... Batman and, you know, the Joker this time around, because as well as all the other characters like Two-Face and all those guys, um, because you had iconic and I mean, iconic voices like Kevin Conroy, they can make as many Batmans as they wanted to see. Kevin Conroy set the tone for what, like you could be, and I honestly, the only person I think they can justify doing this series they need to get it they need to give it to uh troy baker troy baker needs to be rather he needs to be rather batman or the joker because he was the closest to sounding like both Mar- uh, mark hamill and uh kevin conroy i think if he does if they don't use troy baker i think that's a loss on them uh we have richard Mall as uh two-face which i thought did a great job but they got josh jamel doing him now in the long halloween series and i thought like i said before when i reviewed that that episode that um review i thought he did tremendous as two-face so it'll be interesting to see who they get to play these new roles but you can't go wrong with troy baker you cannot go wrong with troy baker he's already proven that he can do these uh, voices um which is close to those two uh, not exactly like those two but as close as you could possibly be convincingly to those i hope they don't i hope they pick cast right with that so uh they didn't talk about a new mobile game for D, uh called dc and uh heroes and villains eh, pass <laughs> Uh new toy line coming from McTar- mcfarland toys Todd McFarlane introduces a new toy line and they look fantastic. this is the mcfarland toys that i'm accustomed to oh these look tremendous there are some that are based on uh, illustrations and drawings that Tom McFarlane did himself with Batman. And you could tell they look like Tom McFarlane um, illustrations and some other illustrations. Tom McFarlane is not only known for being one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, along with Jim Lee, like the only person I would say is the Michael Jackson to his Prince would be Tom McFarlane. Tom McFarlane is absolutely neck and neck with Jim Lee in terms of being one of the greatest comic book artists of all time those two are like together are batman and superman okay um so i honestly i couldn't i couldn't even be, like fathom anybody else being better than those two but tom mcfarlane is also known for pioneering the intricate detail toy line that we see today mcfarlane toys is one of the first ones to come out with figures that look absolutely like what they were intended to be and set the standard and tone for all these things like without there will be no band presto making the anime figures that they made today if not for tom mcfarlane you know tom mcfarlane made figures that look exactly what they were intended to look like he also saw uh and and i announced the uh a figure that's based on the new batman movie coming out too that robert pattinson Batman, and it—they showed a a a, a uh, early sample of it. It's not the what it's going to look like at the end, but it's what it looks like now. And the the at the at the stage that it's in now looks fantastic. So, um looking forward to seeing that. But McFarlane Toys is legend. You know, there would be no Band Presto doing what they did, or Bandai, or all those other ones doing what they did, if not for Todd McFarlane, and in, in doing what he did with this. So, kudos to that. We finally get news on young justice phantom uh and when that's coming it looks like they're going to be they're going to be coming in 2022 next year with a season four so that is definitely coming a dmz live action uh, series is announced starring rosario dawson uh playing as the character alma Ava uh, eva deviner is going to be directing an episode or two for that Uh, Candace Payton also announced that Naomi series is coming. Also fully directed by Ava, uh, DeVernay. One of the most premier directors out there right now. And it's so awesome. Again, representation takes place here. She is one of the premier black directors out there and just one of the greatest, one of the best directors out there, period. You know, not just period, but it's awesome. So they interview, uh, Casey, uh, Walf uh walfall who'll be playing who will be playing naomi the series was scheduled to come in 2022 so stay tuned for that shazam fury of the gods behind the scenes uh we get a, we get the sequel uh talked about with zach livy and the actor who plays billy batson as well philly's own billy Batson. okay gotta say this real quick well just to acknowledge they show behind the scenes of it and lucy lou is going to be the main villain of this along with another villain but more importantly they're going to be basing it on Philadelphia again and in other parts of the world as well. I have come to terms that because the multiverse and the multiverse existed, that I cannot get mad for the fact that they, their depiction of Philadelphia is what it is. I have to look at it as this is another Earth. That's the only way I will be able to enjoy this. And I have to condition myself to do this because... I just hate the idea that they're saying this is Philadelphia, but I'm looking at this. I'm like, this is not Philadelphia. This is not. But I have to practice what I preach because I tell people all the time that you can't look at these movies as the prime version of what you expect it to be. I have to look at this from a multiverse, you know, perspective, meaning I have to suck it up and say that this is another Earth version. This is not my Earth version with that said i can tolerate it so i will look at it as that but if i if you take that aspect away shazam really is an enjoyable film it is really an enjoyable film so i would just wish they say it's another earth <laughs> it's really justified but it just just say gino stakes and a whole bunch of other things just grinds my gears with that but nonetheless patty jenkins and gail gadot comes in to talk about the history of wonder woman much like they did last year uh linda carter also comes in to talk with patty about her experiences again uh, much like they did last year and linda talks about you know the fact that you know she's living in an age where she could see the embracing of wonder woman and to this level and is also and slightly kind of leaked that there was going to be a wonder woman 3 coming so patty could not confirm nor deny but they kind of really just basically because the cat was out of the bag wonder woman 3 is coming and take note that this was a Tate segment so for them to if you know it's actually happening because if they really didn't want it to come out they could have edited and bleeped all of that what she said about it so it was pretty much them saying that wonder woman 3 is coming i just hope that it was it will be better than 84 because it was good but i it wasn't one of my favorites definitely wasn't better than the first in this case so they um also announced that a program called real wonder is coming which will celebrate real women making change in the world it's sponsored by dove the you know dove soap and all that stuff so this is awesome it's going to be focusing on women who are really making an impact on the world i think that's pretty awesome there was also more talk on the importance of wonder woman here um and then later on um Candace Payton announced that uh Trail Trial of the Amazon series is coming to DC Comics. Um, Sweet Tooth Season 2, based on the comic series, is coming to Netflix pretty soon. Pennyworth, which has been um a series on stars, is coming to HBO Max. So there and then the newest episode will be airing soon on air as well. And I, Pennyworth, I saw the first few episodes of Pennyworth when um I had a chance to watch stars for free it was actually pretty good i didn't know it was still on uh in uh running so i get to watch that series now and a lot of things uh are said to be going on and a lot of characters you know pennyworth is for those who don't know is based on alfred pennyworth the butler of bruce wayne and thomas wayne and how he got into the wayne family and all that stuff so it's leading to that and what he actually was you know skilled in before that like alfred pennyworth for those who've been following the batman you know genre knows that pennyworth that alfred is more than just the butler this dude is you know highly skilled to do much more he was he was been a, involved in many missions uh, in the past of things so we get to explore that um then last but not least the batman movie behind the scenes footage We get director Matt Reeves talking with Robert Pattinson, who plays Batman Bruce Wayne, and Zoe Kravitz, who plays Catwoman Selena Kyle. And man, I—they showed the second—they announced the second trailer and a release date of March fourth, two thousand twenty-two. So we finally get that actual date because the last teaser trailer didn't just say two thousand twenty-two, but it had question marks in it. So we assumed that it was two thousand twenty-two, and also it indicated that the Riddler will be the main focus of this. But um, the trailer looked awesome. I am now officially warmed up and zoe kravitz as selena kyle with the short haircut love it love it so i am indeed looking forward to this this version of batman looks to be good and also jeffrey wright aka the watcher will be um commissioner gordon which makes uh all the sins in the world i guess <laughs> i think he's gonna play an awesome commissioner gordon in his this uh multiverse version of the batman as well so overall I, like i said i thought that this was a great representation of dc there was a lot of great news coming out of this um a lot of things to look forward to for not only just the movie scene the tv scene the animated scene but the comic books as well representation in all aspects was in full effect here i thought in and, and as far as you know uh presentation goes much better 4 hours. This four-hour presentation was much better than last year's two-day presentation. Um, did a great job. I think it was more effective uh, than it was last year. And for that, I would give it an a plus. It was it was just absolutely great. A lot to look forward to on the DC front. So, I believe if you haven't watched it yet, you can also watch it. And I believe it's still up on YouTube right now. Rather via IGN, you can watch it on their platform. Or you can watch it on DC's platform. It's on YouTube, so you can watch it all over again and see everything that I covered from this part if you just want to see it as, to, as opposed to hearing it. So, folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I am very happy to be back, and I'm happy to talk about all that I went through and experienced with all of you guys. Um, next week, as I mentioned, uh, Injustice is coming out, so I will be reviewing that. Uh, I gotta say as much as I am an Injustice fan Of the video game I am really skeptical about this movie But we'll be talking about my feelings Maybe that will change I don't know We'll see But that will be the focus of the talk topic next week And on this week's episode Of the Select Start video game podcast Demon Slayer The Hinokami Chronicles I will be uh, covering that So I mentioned that before So we got that to talk about And then the following week my hero academia world's heroes mission i will be reviewing because like i said i will be able to watch it in my theater i cannot wait that is awesome and for those of you who didn't get a chance to see it go on to talktimelive.com actually have a clip of me interviewing the core cast of my hero academia uh in there as well for as a part of the repop metaverse you can go into talktimelive.com you can not only see that you can uh, check out all of the episodes of um Talk time live on podcast form. You can go to the blogs to check out all of the New York Comic-Con coverage, the Nintendo New York coverage of the OLED in Metroid release that I did. Um, like I said, the media page has all the metaverse uh deals in there with My Hero Academia, the cast of Pokemon, the OG Pokemon uh, group. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, Sailor Moon, and Bleach. All there. Got it again. Why I'm so grateful for Repop because they allowed me to cross out a lot of names of actors I wanted to interview (laughs) in my term like literally Johnny Young Bosch not only did I get to do it once I got to interview that dude twice so you know he plays he, he plays a lot of characters and particularly Nero from Devil May Cry to um Ichigo Kudosaki and Artemis on Sailor Moon and many many more um Stephanie Shea, who plays Sailor Moon and, and Orihime, and all the, you know, I got, they got, they have, I uh, helped me fill out the amount of people that I got to interview here too. And let alone the, um, the cast Naruto as well, which uh, you can find um, rather right on an ACMG group or you can also find it on uh, New York Comic Con's page that I did doing a trivia with those guys as well. Just awesome. Um, you know, so, you know, thank them as well. You can check all that on live.com as well. Uh, so go at it. Check it out. The movie's coming out on the 29th. You can check it out there and I'll be doing that. If you want to subscribe and download, or if you haven't already, you could do so on many different podcast platforms such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and of course, Shout out to my people in the Tumblr community because you are loved there, guaranteed. So folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week, people.